This is Instant Game Reaction, an immediate look back at the Colts' latest game. And trying to make an adjustment on the ball is Michael Pippen. He catches it, and he rumbles across the goal line. Touchdown, a 42-yard strike. Want to air it out downfield, down the far sideline, looking for Zay Jones, and it's intercepted by the Colts. Isaiah Rogers on the return. Gives off to Taylor. He's in. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. Jonathan Taylor. Here's your host, J.J. Stankovitz from Colts.com. What's up, everyone? J.J. Stankovitz here for another episode of Colts Instant Reaction here on the Colts Audio Network. Every week, I'm joined by Colts Ring of Honor member Bill Brooks to break down the Colts' most recent game. This one, Bill, a weird one. The Colts the Colts tied <laughs> yes, Houston. Uh, I just wanted to let that one linger a little bit. A weird one. Yeah. Where was the worst one? A 20 to 20 tie with the Houston Texans at NRG Stadium in Houston. I was down there. Bill, you're watching, contributing to the pregame and postgame show on 107.5 The Fan. And uh, there are so many different places to go with this. But I think I, I think I want to start. The Colts mentioned a lot after the game about self-inflicted wounds and feeling like. You know, if we had just cleaned these things up, if we had just avoided these handful of mistakes that ended drives or killed drives, that it never would have came down to a field goal in overtime. It never would have came down to a 17-point comeback in the fourth quarter, that they would have won this game by double the score that it was. What was just your general sense? As Houston goes, you know, they go up 10-3 to at halftime, and then they go up 20-3 to after the third quarter of kind of where things were with the Colts and why the Texans got ahead the way that they did. Well, I think the guys were right. They talk about self-inflicted wounds. When, um, when you have plays where you drop balls in the end zone, where you have uh, you stopped on fourth and two, you can't convert. Interception, fumble, um, penalties, things like that. When you, when you have those type of mistakes, they usually come back to bite you in the – um, in the butt, and you can't. You, a lot of times, you can't recover from it. And but the Colts did recover from those mistakes they made uh, made earlier in the game and tied the game up in the second half. And um, but just couldn't get that win. The so a couple of them to go to here. Uh, the first one, it, it's not really a self-inflicted mistake, if you ask me. And I know other people are going to have a different opinion on this, but it's the fourth fourth down call, fourth and goal where uh, Naheem Hines takes the handoff. It's his own read with Jonathan Taylor, and it just gets stuffed. I mean, it just it, it flat out got stuffed. Now, after the game, Frank Reich said that um, they got kind of a deceptive look on that play, and frankly, he just admitted that Lovey Smith coached that play great, and there, there wasn't a whole lot else really the Colts could do with it because the look was so so different. So I actually, as we're doing this, this is the magic of recording a podcast at 928. I'm pulling up the film of it right now. And I mean, it looks like on this play, Jonathan Grenard, he, this is, this is actually pretty crazy. So he comes off the edge, Bill, from the, from the left. And he, he like swoops his leg, like a dance move, doesn't even pay attention to Jonathan Taylor on it. And I think that's the guy who threw this whole play off. Because yes. you would think the way that he came out 
looked like he was going to take the running back Taylor on the play. Instead, he then has this incredible move to cut inside, and he goes and he gets Hines. Um, and then they also had, it looked like a, a defensive back kind of on the backside who would have probably taken Taylor. Um, all credit to Levy Smith on that play. I know some folks are going to say, well, why didn't you just take the points there? It was three to nothing. And Frank Reich, Bill, I, this is what I want to get your take on here. Frank Reich has made a, a living in the NFL of being an aggressive coach when it comes to these things, of saying, hey, if we get a shot to get in the end zone on fourth down near the goal line, we are taking it. And I think that is something that you, you, to, to maintain that standard and to maintain that expectation, you got to keep doing it. And in this situation early in the game, I absolutely agree with the play call. Would you have just taken the points there? Or were you, are you on board with, hey, let's go try to run a play that has worked down in the red zone previously, and you know what? It just got blown up. I was off of going forward on fourth down. That did not bother me at all, going forward on fourth down, because if you don't make it, which they didn't, uh, Houston has to go 98 yards to try to score a touchdown or getting within uh, field goal range of about 50 yards. So um, I had, didn't have any problems with that as far as them going forward on fourth down. Might have done some things a little bit different. I kind of understand what they were doing where they had uh, the Wildcat situation there and they have Jonathan Taylor. And they probably thought that you know, somehow maybe Naheem Hines is going to run an uh, option with Jonathan Taylor and Jonathan Taylor probably gets the ball and maybe they would, they would go to that and go to Jonathan Taylor and focus on Jonathan Taylor and maybe Naheem Hines can get in and sneak in the end zone. So I, I understand probably the, the thought process in running that type of play. But as you said, Grenard made a good play. He just came off the edge and just went right straight for Naheem Hines and didn't uh, really look at Jonathan Taylor, mm -hmm. it seemed like. So um, I don't have any problem with the play itself, I mean, as far as going for it on fourth down. So... Give you some credit. They um, made a good play, and uh, weren't successful on that play. Here's the, here's the other thing on this play, Bill. If Grenard does what the Colts expect him to do, it's a touchdown. I'm, I'm looking at the mm -hmm. end zone view of it here, and it's blocked up really well. Uh, I, I mean, you, you got Braden Smith clearing a guy out. You got Michael Pittman Jr. taking on a linebacker. Quentin Nelson is going up against Jalen Petrie, the rookie safety. And there's a big hole that opens up. I think Naheem probably, uh, you know, I, I would have to know what the exact coaching point is, but it looks like he might have made the right read. Jonathan Grenard just made an unbelievable play. And Give, him, give, give, give Grenard credit because yes. if he had went with Jonathan Taylor, as you said, it's a different ball game. A whole different ball game, and Naheem Hines scores. So, with that in mind, you know, okay, so the Colts don't score here. Houston then goes down. They drive 14 plays to get a field goal, and they tie it. So, the, the other flip side of it is Frank Reich's feeling like our defense is playing well. We can go ahead, and even if we don't get the touchdown here, we'll get them to punt from backed up in their end zone, short field, go back down and score. So, that was, that was the first one where, you know, you left some points on the board. The second one was probably the most painful I think of the game, and it was the Matt Ryan interception where he, he tried to throw the screen to JT. Um, and and after, after the game, Matt Ryan said he, he was really disappointed in himself because if he, makes a, if he makes a throw there, he gets the right window on that. He thought Taylor had a lot of room. So, again, Bill, this I, literally, for folks, just to peek behind the curtain, I got off the team plane. I came straight to the facility. I haven't watched any of this film yet. I'm just going off my notes. But mm -hmm. I'm watching film as I'm talking about this. Uh, so I'm looking, I'm looking at this and I mean, Matt Ryan's right when he, so Matt Ryan said, when I went to throw it, Jerry Hughes is still engaged with Braden Smith. Jerry Hughes does an unbelievable job to get off 
Braden Smith on this when he reads screen. And if Ryan makes this throw, oh, yeah, it's a touchdown. I mean, you got you, you got uh, Danny Pinter is carrying a linebacker. He's got no chance downfield. You got Michael Pittman Jr. is doing a good job blocking the other guy. Taylor would have had a safety to make miss, and he probably would have gotten the end zone on this play. So this ball is at the uh, 22-yard line of yep. Houston. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it winds up being an interception, and that one really hurt because, again, that would have been a play. Maybe it gets in the end zone. Maybe it doesn't, but you feel like you're probably going to get in the end zone. You go up 10-3 to then with about four minutes before halftime. Instead, you turn it over, and Houston's able to go down and get those points before halftime. Yeah, you know, you give Hughes credit. He made a good play, and, and give Braden Smith credit. He did his job. He stalemated uh, Jerry Hughes, and then once that happened, Hughes being a veteran, he's, hey, look, I can't get to the quarterback, so I'm going to try to stick my hands up there at least to block a pass and get in the way. And he did that, and the ball stuck to his hands. He made a good play and give him credit, and it's unfortunate because, you know, being at the 22-yard line there, you know, you hopefully you had a chance definitely of going in and possibly um, scoring some points. But, um, you know, then – Houston gets the ball back, they turn around, and then there's another penalty on the Colts as far as yeah. the pass interference going down the it field uh, by Kenny Moore. Yeah, yep, by Kenny Moore. Call. And then um, Mills hits O.J. Howard for a touchdown. So it's a big turnaround right there. To, uh, Houston capitalized on, on a turnover and, and made points off of it. And things like that hurt you, and, and that did hurt the Colts right there. There was uh, possibly seven – possibly it's a 14-point turnaround pretty much because right. of Right. If the Colts score, they get seven, but they don't score. And now uh, Houston gets seven off the turnover. So good play by the Texans and by Jerry Hughes, and they capitalize on it. Well, and, and you know, you got to give some credit to Houston, too, of capitalizing on it. Um, you know, that that's not the, – the way things are going in that game, at that point you thought, all right, you know, maybe the Colts can kind of get out of this. But Houston – I mean, just kind of pulling back a little bit, Houston, I, like Davis Mills is a good quarterback. And I, I realize people listening to this are going to be like, you know, stop making excuses. It's just the Texans. But like the Texans are an NFL team. Davis Mills is an NFL quarterback. The way that he played today was very impressive. And then on defense, you know, guys like I thought I was really impress, impressed by Derek Stingley. Um, I thought he had a really good game. They, they got some players on this team. Don't just discount them because of what they did last year. Anyways, the, the last one here to kind of hit was the aborted snap where Matt Ryan loses the fumble. Uh, that's coming out on the Colts' first possession in the third quarter. So Houston goes up 13-3. to Colts are able to get some yardage. Uh, you know, they get to the Houston 40-yard line on third and two. It's in your range or you're probably going to go for it on fourth down if you don't get it on third and two. Matt Ryan, for whatever reason, there are some issues with him and Ryan Kelly getting the snaps off. That was the second time uh, they had two of those plays, uh, two fumbles. Yeah. And... They lose it, and Houston goes right back down. They score again, and at that point, it's twenty to six, twenty to three, with seven minutes to go in the game. At that, or seven minutes to go in the third quarter. Excuse me, Bill. At that point in the game, how are you feeling about this? I'm not feeling good at all. At that point, at that point of the game, when you're down twenty three, you're still in the third quarter, and as an offensive team, you haven't played well, and defensively, you haven't played that well either. You made some penalties um, where they're called against you, and kept the drive alive for the Houston Texans. So I'm not feeling great about what the Colts are doing and uh, Texans seem like they're moving the ball down the field. So I was hoping the Colts can get a turnover and make a big play, get back into the game and, and possibly as what happened, possibly tie the game and go into overtime 
and make a play to win in overtime. And they got a chance to go in overtime, but unfortunately couldn't make the play to win. So let, let's talk about how the Colts got into overtime. And the thing that stood out to me, Bill, in the fourth quarter with the Colts trailing by 17 points, then 14 points, then seven points, Jonathan Taylor carried the ball nine times for 70 yards. I, I mean, that Frank Reich said, quote, tell me who else has had that many runs in the fourth quarter when you're down by 17 points. So I tried to look it up. And I got no, knowing, knowing you would. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I got a lot of, I got a lot of noise on it. Um, a lot of garbage time runs, a lot of like wild quarterback scrambles where, you know, like Patrick Mahomes gets pressured and runs for 30 yards or whatever. So I decided, all right, let's take a look at something more specific. So the Colts go down they're, they're down by seven. So this is after they, they have that long drive that stalls at the goal line. Rodrigo Blankenship hits the field goal. EJ Speed, strip sack, huge play in this game. Big shout-out to EJ Speed for that play. Jonathan Taylor punches it in after that. So now you're down by seven, and you got the, there's just under four minutes to go. These are the four plays the Colts ran just inside four minutes. A nine-yard run to Jonathan Taylor, a 13-yard run to Jonathan Taylor, a 13-yard run to Jonathan Taylor, a 14-yard run to Jonathan Taylor, and then a 15-yard uh, touchdown pass on play action to Michael to Pittman. Pittman Jr. So, <laughs> give it. So I so I looked it up, Bill, because of course I did. Jonathan Taylor, those 49 yards on those four runs, no running back in the entire 2021 season gained more rushing yards while down by seven with under four minutes remaining. In the entire season, Dalvin Cook in that situation last year had 46 yards on seven carries. Jonathan Taylor did that in one game. He's incredible. <laughs> He's just incredible. He, he is incredible. Um, for him to go out there and play the way he did today and just stayed patient the whole game and at a point, you know, this wasn't touching the ball that much, but he stayed patient, was doing his job, and then – as you said, you know, I would have thought the Colts were going to pass the ball because really the clock is their, their biggest enemy right then because they don't want the time to run off. They want to score some points and make sure they get an opportunity to tie the ball game up. But they just methodically just kept on giving the ball to Jonathan Taylor, Jonathan Taylor making plays, making runs. Off the line, give the offensive line credit as well as opening up mm -hmm. holes for Jonathan Taylor to get those runs. So they were very patient. Uh, it was good to see that they were patient, and Jonathan Taylor did his job and was making some incredible runs. And that's a lot of confidence in your offense and in the running back that we have, which is, in my opinion, if not the best running back in the National Football League, one of the best running backs in the National Football League. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's so rare for a team to be able to give the ball to a running back in that situation because in, in those spots, Bill, right, you're looking for explosive plays. You're looking for chunks. You're looking for 10, 12, 14, 20 yards, and usually your running back isn't getting you those, but Jonathan Taylor can and will uh, it's just a really incredible thing to see. And I wrote this on Colts.com, but it's like last year, every week, it felt like we were trying to find it. We were finding new ways to describe how incredible Jonathan Taylor was. And after one week, we already found a new way to do it in 2020. Exactly. And like I said, most of the time, even if you are getting the ball to the back, most of the time it's going to be passes during a situation like right. that. You may a little passes out of the backfield, check down, give the ball. Maybe he makes a guy miss. It makes a big run like that. But these were running plays. There's not passing plays. These are running plays. And that just shows how good Jonathan Taylor is. And that's how, that shows how good the offensive line is as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Quentin Nelson getting that extension Saturday night, um, you can see why after watching this game. So let's go now to overtime. Um, 
you know, <laughs> yeah, because it th- this is where this is where trying to figure out how to feel about this game gets so weird. So overtime starts, and Equity Pay looks like he's like, like I, I mean, he, it was unbelievable what he did on two straight plays. He just he couldn't be blocked, and that those plays. So he had the sack of Davis Mills to start overtime. Then he finishes the drive with the sack. Uh, so it brings us a fourth and twenty-six. Colts then take over the ball at their own thirty-one yard line, and you know they start moving it. Matt Ryan picks up ten on a scramble. He hits Paris Campbell on a really good third down. Like Matt Ryan, phenomenal play. This third down throw. Uh, in overtime where Ryan kind of bought some extra time. He went through all of his progressions. He found Paris Campbell over the middle for a first down, like just an outstanding play. Uh, then he, he makes up for another aborted snap finding Naheem Hines. They got Naheem uh, matched up against a linebacker on that play. That isn't, yep. pl- that's an advantage. Matt Ryan's going to take every single time hits Moelle Cox for first down. So he got first and 10 at the Houston 24 JT picks up eight and you're thinking, all right, like, that we should be here. JT then loses three in the next play. Ryan, then they run that little sprint out, kind of the naked to the right. Frank Reich's thought on that play was it had worked earlier in the game. They had got a chunk completion of Michael Pittman on it where Pitt kind of was running free. This time they ran it, and it was defended well. Jerry Hughes did a really good job on the play. If Matt Ryan had a little bit more time, it looked like he could have had Mo Ali Cox over the middle. Uh, kind of on that crosser for what would have been a first down. But again, Jerry Hughes played it really well, so they, they were okay taking the short sack there. Um, before we then get to the field goal, what were your thoughts just on that sequence when the Colts got down into the red zone? I, I thought they were doing the right thing as far as trying to continue to run the ball and continue to make plays to uh, get first down, you know, for, as far as Jonathan Taylor up the middle there and then throwing the ball to Molly Cox and hitting him and also earlier in that drive getting the ball to Naheem Hines against the linebacker so I, I I like what they were doing and you know and on that play as far as the one that um, they were running you know it was third and five and Matt was trying to get outside and if, like you said if he has an opportunity to have some more time he can hit hit the receiver open and and get another first down and continue to, to march on down the field and possibly score a touchdown the game's over um, so I, I like what they were trying to do. I thought we, you know, in that point, I thought, okay, we've done it. We came back. Uh, we're, we're, we're probably going to win this game if, you know, if we can get a first down, keep on moving the ball and score a touchdown. If not, at worst, kick a field goal and the game's over. So I felt pretty good at that point um, what we were doing and how we were uh, moving the ball down the field. But unfortunately, uh, we came up short. Yeah, Rodrigo Blankenship missing the 42-yard field goal wide right. Um it's it's tough because you, you got so close, you got so far. It would have been the game-winning kick. Um, weirdly, Bill, around the league, it was a not a good day for kickers. Uh, <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> Evan McPherson in Cincinnati missed a couple. I think he had one block and he missed an, a, a game winner. Uh, that's a guy who kind of you know kind of brought the Bengals to the Super Bowl last year. Exactly. Um, this is not an excuse, uh, certainly. And Rodrigo Blankenship after the game was not making any excuses as well. Um, but it, it's just tough, you know, to, to get that close and to, you know, feel like you got yourself in position to go win the game and then not win it. Um, and then that just kind of led to this feeling in the locker room, Bill, of like, yeah, I don't feel very good about this. Like, that was no. kind of the vibe that I got was like, you know, I was talking to Ryan Kelly 
And he kind of made the comment to me of like, man, like I still haven't won, won an opener since I've been here. You know, and like Naheem Hines, you know, I appreciated his positivity. He was like, hey, this is the first time we haven't lost an opener since I've been <laughs> here. But the fact of the matter is the Colts still haven't won an opener since 2013. And they had 517 yards of offense and scored 20 points. To me, Bill, that's wow. a bigger story. That right there is a bigger story than Rodrigo Blankenship missing the kick in overtime. Yeah, it, it, it's a story in which the Colts, you know, going into this game, they felt like they should have won the game. They know they have gone in this game that if they played well and didn't make the mistakes that they made, they should have won this football game. And that's what's the dis- most disappointing thing about this game is the mistakes you made and the mistakes that caused them to lose this football game. But after saying that and them making the mistakes, especially in the first half and not being able to score any points in the first half, um, letting Houston kind of go down and, and score points, a couple of turnovers, still had a chance to win the game. Mm-hmm. You still had a chance to win the game. So to you know, give the guys some credit for fighting through it, uh, not playing well in the first half, coming back in the second half, playing better in the second half, um, but unfortunately just falling short. So give them credit for that. And I said this to someone else, it's a long season. 17 games is a long season with 16 left to go. You know what? This this was a frustrating loss. Well, not a loss. Frustrating tie, I would say. <laughs> um, but like it, it can feel like a loss too. Yeah, yeah it can feel like a loss exactly. But um, just got to bounce back from it. You got you got you got to hopefully wash it from your system as soon as possible. Learn from the mistakes and get ready for next week because Jacksonville is going to be a big game. It's another division opponent on the road again. Um, I don't think anything needs to be said about what happened in Jacksonville uh, last year. We all know what happened. Um, just got to go out there and play and just look forward, move forward, and just learn from the mistakes that, from this game and move forward. And like I said, we have 16 games to go. Just take one at a time. And if, if you do what you're supposed to do and minimize the mistakes on the football field, usually good things happen for you. All right, let's let's end it here, Bill. When you've had games like this in your career where you feel like you played really well for, call it, 90% of the game, and then the other 10% just kind of blows the whole thing up, and it's those self-inflicted mistakes, what's the mentality like in the building the next week, or what should the mentality be like in the building the next week to make sure you clean up those mistakes and then they don't carry over and don't snowball throughout the season? The feeling is that we fell short. And we fell short, not so much from the other team, uh, how well they played, but give Houston Texans credit. They played well. Um, it's the things that we didn't do that we know we can do and we know we can play better than what we played. So we shouldn't feel great about ourselves, but we should look forward and say, hey, look, we got to get better. We as a team have to get better. I have to get better as an individual, as a player. I have to do the things that I need to do. I didn't accomplish those things this past week. Um, so it's going to Staying for maybe a day, Monday, uh, come back Tuesday, you, you have a day off, be ready to go on Wednesday, and just kind of flush it out of your system and correct the mistakes you made and, and have a positive attitude going into the next week. You got to have a positive attitude. You can't have this negative ab- attitude saying, you know, we lost last week or we, we tied last week and, you know, we, we, we don't, you know, we're feeling bad. No, go into this game, let's be ready to play. We can play well. We can play better than what we did last week, and we can win this game. And we need to win this game because it's a division opponent. 
All right, well, that's going to do it for us here on this episode of Colts Instant Reaction. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to us here on the Colts Audio Network. We're going to have a lot of stuff coming to you this week on the feed, including a new episode of the official Colts podcast that will be coming out on Tuesday. Anyways, for Bill Brooks, I'm J.J. Stankovitz. We'll talk to you next week after the Colts play the Jacksonville Jaguars.